John Deere announces the new lineup of high horsepower four track tractors including an 803 horsepower option. There's three new models introduced, the 9RX 710, the 9RX 770, and the 9RX 830. It's autonomy ready. The new John Deere 18 engine eliminates the need for diesel exhaust fluid and offers an optional 168 gallon per minute triple pump hydraulic system. Command View 4 Plus Cab receives updates for increased operator comfort and visibility. Advanced technology package includes G5 Plus command center, display, and integrated Starfire 7500 receiver. The high horsepower 9RX models available for order in mid-March. For more information, go to johndeere.com or contact your local John Deere dealer. A lot of guys, especially in the mid-market um, sector of this industry, um, are kind of out there on an island by themselves. And they're really unique on a way that they wear a lot of different hats every single day. Um, and they, they lack that peer group around them and that, that team of people that the bigger feed yards have that they pay millions to thousands of dollars to help them out. And I think we provide that to those guys from the perspective of, hey, we're doing this with you. We have skin in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, farmers, ranchers, and distinguished guests. Thank you for listening to the Farm for Profit podcast, where we discuss the latest ideas, methods, trends, and techniques available to help your farm achieve higher levels of farm profitability. The Farm for Profit podcast is co-hosted by Tanner Winterhoff, the Iowa Bankerman, and David Whitaker, the Iowa Land Guy, where in tandem they will share their ideas and advice from industry experts. Thank you again for listening to the Farm for Profit podcast. Remember, if you aren't farming for profit, you won't be farming for long. And now, here's Tanner and David. And listeners, welcome back to the Farm for Profit podcast. This is Tanner Winterhoff. And this is David Whitaker. We are here on a Farm for Profit show. This is where we are going to hit a What's Working in Ag segment and a general topic for today. Our other format is Farm for Fun. It's been nicknamed that because we really just kind of focus on the person, Dave. You are correct. We like uh, both methods, uh, both uh, styles, rather, farm for profit or farm for fun. One's kind of the happy hour spinoff, but uh, yeah. today on our profit episode, you are in for a treat. Every time we give a listener review, the, today's listener review is brought to you by Ag Leader. Of course, we've been working with them as a partnership. Uh, a couple things we'd like to focus on, their right spot technology. Take any sprayer and you can pinpoint that right spot and shut off individual yeah. nozzle bodies. Yeah, right spot is spraying crops as one of the most demanding jobs on the farms. Tine sensitive, requires precision. It needs the right spot technology, Ag Leader's latest trusted application technology. Nozzle by nozzle control, like Dave said, allows you to maximize the effectiveness of your inputs, get the right droplet size and perfect coverage on your crop. Wait, what needs minimizing wasted product and time? Level up your spraying operation by ag leadering it. And we wouldn't tell you this stuff. Uh, it just uh, partnership means we like it. So you guys need to go just Google it once. You're in a tractor. Go Google Right Spot Ag Leader. The other thing they have is Cardace, and uh, those are two cool things. We thought they were cool, so we want yeah. to bring them to you. Absolutely. Go check them out. But from TikTok today, Country Collins 2020 said, great podcast. I listen to it when I'm doing my morning chores in the chicken house. So, Dave, how can everybody else send us their reviews? You guys can call. Well, first of all, you can email uh, farmforprofitllc at gmail.com. You can, that's probably the easiest ways. Or give us a text or a call at 515 207 
9640. Again, right. that's 9640. We've been doing a couple of these clips with Jace from Legacy Farmer. If you go to LegacyFarmer.org, you can learn about his program. And uh, he's got a pretty tight ship run over there. So if you're looking to better your operation and make sure your farm's around for the next generation, here's something to think about. Jace Young here from Legacy Farmer bringing you another legacy principle for today titled, The Longer You Avoid the Problem, The More Painful It Becomes. Human beings inherently avoid pain. We avoid discomfort. We avoid facing the truth and owning up to the problems in our lives. For farmers, we avoid financial problems, management problems, and most importantly, family problems. On Family Farms today, most of the time there is zero difference between family problems and business problems because the business consists of the family. Now, it's a guarantee that thousands of farmers today have been avoiding problems for years. And one question I want you to ask yourself is this, what will the long-term cost be from your unwillingness to confront those problems? What will the cost be to your family if you don't get on top of your finances? What will the cost be in your operation if you don't get correct management systems in place? Let me tell you what the cost will be. Years of sleepless nights, endless family turmoil, and a disorganized, chaotic, and unprofitable business of which your children will never want to come back to. How do I know this? I grew up watching all of this unfold in our family's third generation operation until it went bankrupt in 2005. So take this message and don't let what happened to my family become your reality. Stop hiding from your problems and do what is required to fix them today. Your children are counting on you. Yeah, I don't think he's wrong, Dave. We've uh, had a lot of conversations with Elaine Fraze about that exact topic. It's tough to work with family. We just did an episode on the in-law factor. Uh, it's a big thing to focus on. But remember, if you guys want to better your farm and step up your game, go to LegacyFarmer.org and check out Jace. He's been a really great partner and bringing a lot of value to this podcast. But no further ado, let's jump into our What's Working in Ag segment. And our What's Working in Ag segment today is with Ag Visor Pro. So I don't know if you guys hang around Farm Talk, but it seems like they have exploded across that platform and they're starting to pop up on other places. So this is going to be a fun one for me, Dave, to learn more about what AgVisor Pro is and what a better way to learn about it than from two old friends. Well, maybe I shouldn't call them old, but they're at least two friends. <laughs> Jason, Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey happy to be on. Awesome. So guys, why don't you remind our listeners who you are? Jason, start off, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and what's your tie to AgVisor Pro? Sure. Jason Anson. I live up in uh, Devil's Lake, North Dakota area, uh, independent crop consultant. And uh, tie in there is that uh, it's just looking for another source of connection, information, found this app, and here we are talking to you guys. Awesome. Kyle, what about you? So Kyle Oki, I am an independent crop consultant in southwestern North Dakota, which happens to be in a different time zone even. So we're just a little earlier today. Found this app the same way. Just one of the experts on the app. And Jason and I do a little podcast segment that pulls questions off the app. Uh-huh. I'll have to visit some of those questions. That yeah. Dave, you like apps. I, I like apps. Yeah. Kyle, I'm going to ask you, give me a 30,000 foot view for our listeners that uh, don't know what Eggvisor Pro is. What uh, I, It's an app. We've told the listeners that, but what 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 more is it? What is it, Kyle? Think of it like this. If you're a farmer, if you're an egg consultant, retailer, somebody involved in agriculture, and you have any question that's just floating out there, it could be as simple as, 
trying to understand some very surface level things to getting down to some very nitty gritty details. It's a way to anonymously ask a question. It gets thrown out to a pool of people. And then those people can voluntarily choose to answer those questions. And really the, the end game for all of us as experts is we, we want to answer agronomic questions, but hopefully it leads to some kind of connection or business lead where maybe there's potential business down the road. So it's connecting people in agriculture. Gotcha. It's not where I go to find out if I chose the right belt to go with my outfit. These are ag-specific questions, right, Jason? Yeah, it's uh, and they come from all over the provinces of Canada and the United States. So you kind of get, get to see a wide variety. And what's nice is that, you yeah, you can jump in on things you're familiar with, or you can sit back and kind of watch other people reply to things that you're not an expert in. Tanner, this sounds so, exactly like uh, how we came up with what's working in ag. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember I told you it's like the coffee shop talk. So everywhere across the country, uh, nation, world, there's old guys at coffee. They're saying, well, this is working for me or that's not working for me or this is something. You, you guys have an app that literally makes morning coffee shop that we can connect with people, but they don't have to be at the coffee shop. I can talk to somebody in Manitoba. Yeah. And so say, say the topic is corn, right? And uh, it's whatever, I got a rotation thing or I got a herbicide question and some of that stuff doesn't pertain to you. You can learn from it, even if you don't answer it, or you can just hop in and pretty soon you get some back and forth. So it's, it's really kind of cool that way. And for me, I guess it's been uh, really good because you can go through and just kind of see who some of these experts are on this platform and then connect with them as well. Yeah. I, I got to think that this saves time. You know, I wish Corey was here because I, I see him asking questions, messaging. Uh, the amount of time he must spend on his phone is enormous. So uh, maybe this is a faster way to get that, that answer. Yeah, I think it I think it could be. And then, Kyle, I, I think some of the reasons questions don't get asked, like when Dave referred to going to the coffee shop, is, is I don't want to be embarrassed that I don't know the answer to this. So is this a way to do something anonymously too? Can we ask without, you know, jeopardizing a reputation? That is the big point on this app is that it starts anonymously. So if you are the question asker, you can remain completely anonymous. You could leave a little thing out there saying like geographically where you're located. So it could leave a little tag. So maybe it gives the experts at least some reference to how to help answer a question that comes across, but that's probably the best part of this. And we do it as experts too. Just throw questions out there. They're one of those things that, hey, this is a big net you can cast. And if you have something that you want multiple opinions or just try to see you're getting the same answer over and over, this is a great way to do it. We talk all the time about having an advisory board. Um, now, this isn't necessarily an advisory board, but it sounds like a group of guys that can help you make the right decisions. Gosh, Am I wrong? I bet you it gets close. Because if you end up, like Jason was saying, that you get to know some of these advisors out there, and you start to, not I'm going to say buddy up, but you start to find the ones that you trust, the ones that, that know your area and your crop. It, is that kind of how that works, Jason? You guys end up as advisors... Do you get multiple revisits? Do people come back at you on the app to get more information? Yeah, you can make a connection there. Uh, the app's kind of cool because you can go through. I can see how many times Kyle's answered questions or who has answered questions. So and their, their profile shows up on the bottom. 
I got a new beta version of, of some stuff where you can act, I can actually list my services. Hmm. So you can kind of you can sort. This is like a filter. You can go through if you're not into animal agriculture, you're into more row crop stuff or it's machinery or whatever. You can go through and sort some things out that way. So it's that's that's very helpful. So it sounds easy to use too. At least to be able to get to the answers back to your your saving time comment. Jason, there's the ability to offer services. If I just want to go pick, when I was out there exploring, it looks like I could just go pick a flat service. If I wanted you to come soil sample, that's something I can do, right? Yeah, you can you can have that uh, stuff set up in the app uh, and you kind of list uh, some of the things that you're good at or what your business is. And then people see that and they can approach you and just say, hey, what what, what would you do? What do you think we can do on a business agreement this way? So it's like so it's, Angie's list for farming. Like oh. who's the best contractor? Jason might be the guy to come and harvest my oats because I don't do that. Right. So you can pick a specific service, Jason. Sorry, I, t- I think I interrupted you, but I was kind of excited there. I can pick a specific service and just come right in and say, man, I don't have that XYZ, whatever it is, and then just look for it. Yeah, if I listed on there that I'm the master slayer of walleyes in the, in the North American yeah. continent, and and you guys are looking for that type of service, I mean, that's your. Why wouldn't you hire me, right? right. The walleye guide for agronomy on ice. And Tanner, this is one of the things we've we've discovered over the past three years. Is it's not labor shortage just this year. It's finding the right people right. to do the right job on the farm that understand agriculture. And when you think about this too, it's not just physical, hey, can I be out on your farm consulting too? This is a lot of virtual offerings too, and they're very specific. So when I mean specific, it could be something like variable rate mapping or precision ag applications. It could be soil fertility planning, like you already had some soil test, but you don't necessarily want to work with them to build your fertility plan. Maybe you want to work with an unbiased source. Maybe it was your local fertilizer salesperson that that did the soil testing. Hmm. Uh, And it doesn't have to be just straight-laced agronomy either. There are others on there that are doing things like social media audits or agricultural business. And and helping them build a better social media offering for their business. Is that a true point that there is a differentiation before between advisors and, and farmers or can farmers also answer questions? So there's a vetting process almost. So you, you do send in an application to Eggvisor Pro. It's through their app and you actually do list out what are your credentials. You actually have a face-to-face visit with an employee from the company and you don't necessarily have to be a PhD or a master's or a bachelor's or have these professional certificates. They are grabbing from a big net, but that's to help just kind of build your profile. But they vet you out to say, hey, would your expertise help fit in any of these categories that we're kind of putting where these questions are being asked into? I was wondering that, Tanner, because I I feel like I'm an expert at everything, you know. (laughs) So I was like, hey, can I I be just part of everything here? Like, how do they, how how do we know this is actually, okay, I got it. Well, boys, this has been fun to catch up, but I know we didn't cover everything that probably this app can handle. What's your, Kyle, we'll start with you. What's your favorite part about AgVisor Pro? Making connections. And so 
I, I like to answer questions. I like this agronomic piece. It's fun to get into conversations with some of these farmers that have asked questions, but also it's just seeing who else is out there answering some of these questions and just working on that network. What about you, Jason? Yeah, a question comes up, and if uh, I so choose not to answer it because it's not my area, uh, I can follow that question along, and then I can see whoever replies to that question. So you're still part of, you're still involved with it because you're interested, but I just maybe don't feel that's my area of expertise. But if it is, man, I just jump right in and give my two thoughts, and pretty soon you'll have someone reply back to you in a direct message saying, hey, that was very helpful or whatever, and off you go. The thing of this is really nice is it's the layout is really simple and that's good for this old friend of yours. (laughs) (laughs) Push notifications is what they'd call uh, that. You got it. Yeah. These guys are really good on the tech end. This, this app houses everything. So it has text messaging within it, FaceTime within it, send you notifications. All the communication is housed within this app and it's easy it notifies you so that's how you're you're finding out as an expert i'm always getting pinged on my phone when a new question comes up no that's good guys that's been great information i actually went and pulled them up i just googled them it is getadvisorpro.com is where you can go and get yourself signed up but the mission statement dave we probably should have led with this AgVisor Pro's mission is making farmers more profitable, make agriculture more sustainable, and increase global food security one answer at a time. So that's been, uh, I couldn't have thought of something that would align better with the Farm for Profit podcast. So gentlemen, thanks for jumping on and sharing about AgVisor Pro with us. Listeners, if you think you could get a question answered or you're just curious yourself, go check them out. Download it at the App Store or go to getadvisorpro.com. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. So, Corey, you were quiet during that What's Working in Ag segment. So thanks for joining me here for the general topic today. And we're listening to the listeners on getting more livestock-focused content here. We know a lot of our listeners, wheat, corn, soybeans, maybe a little bit of barley Yeah, as we stretch up there. Yep. A couple of cotton growers. But let's talk agriculture. Peanuts. We've done Ooh, yeah, we go. Peanuts. Can't leave that out. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk the livestock side of agriculture. So we are excited to have two guests in studio from a company called Balance Forward. And we know that they're awesome because they also have a number four in the middle of their name, just like we have a number four in the middle of our name. But ultimately, we're here talking the profitability and ways we can make more money on the cattle side of things. So that's what our focus is today. Wade, Cameron, thanks for joining us. Let's start off with Wade. Why don't you introduce who you are and what your connection to agriculture is and then what you do for Balance Forward. Yep, you bet. I'm Wade Samo uh, from Southwest Iowa. I've uh, been with the company Balance Forward for 10 years. Uh, my title there is Director of Sales, but prior to that I was uh, in in the ag industry for, for uh, many years um, in different roles selling planters and grain carts and just ag's always kind of been the the biggest uh, interest I've had, I guess. Okay. Cameron, how about you? Yeah, kind of the same same deal from the same part of the world, southwest Iowa. I live in Omaha now, I'm now working for Balance Forward. So grew up on a farm, A lot of did a lot of row crop with my grandpa and, and dad, and, and we, we ran some cows and uh, had our own feed yard as well. So uh, definitely know what our clients experience today and can relate on a personal level with them and uh, 
Yeah. So. So besides having a cool name, Balance Forward with the four in the middle of it, what is Balance Forward? Who is Balance Forward? Yeah, Balance Forward, we're a cattle feeding management company. Um, we have a, a lot of different things we do as a, as a company. Wade and I specifically are on the sales side. Um, so what we do in our job is we, uh, we go out and identify guys who are just trying to make more profit per head. And we believe we have a uh, unique approach in doing that um, on risk management and marketing cattle. Um, we're pretty unique on the fact of, hey, we, uh, we feed cattle as a, as a company ourselves too. Our CEO owns a feed yard. We place cattle at different places um, all around the Midwest. Um, so we definitely have some skin in the game. Um, and we, uh, we just go out and try to identify with guys of, hey, we're not making profit and we want to make more and uh, help them get there. Did you we, hear that, Corey? I heard it all. Yeah. That kind of aligns exactly with the mission of what Farm for Profit is. But I cut you off, Wade. Go ahead. Yeah, no problem. I was just saying we, we can do that. Uh, we can go help those guys because we have made the mistakes. We've been, um, you know, with the ones in their shoes, and we feel like we felt as much pain or made as many mistakes as anybody. But, uh, you know, the ability to learn from those mistakes and surround yourself with the right people has kind of changed the course of the company because early on, the early days, we started out as uh, Todd and Chrissy Drake, the owners, they started out as just wanting to, ranch bought a couple hundred acres of gnarly ground down in adams county that couldn't be farmed and it's like well i don't know if we're going to be uh ranchers or custom feeders or feedlot or what but uh you know it's it's come from the roots of feeding cattle and uh i believe around 2006 we figured out man we're, we're feeding quite a few head here we got to figure out uh, maybe a better way to do that be more efficient on the feed side whether that's feed or corn and uh yeah, and luckily for us, the, the time frame of that was during the ethanol boom. And so there's sort of a paradigm shift happening in the cattle industry where everybody was kind of going toward ethanol and using that as their feed source. So uh, we just happened to be in the right time, uh, right, we had the right resources, right location, and uh, off took what we called at the time New Balance Commodities. And uh, that, that really took off. Uh, I think that business grew bigger than... Any, anything Todd or Christy thought it would be or anybody who worked there, we, that thing really took off and, and got big. And kind of one of those deals before we knew it, we were a feed company only. And, and we, we were, I wouldn't say losing focus on the cattle side, but there were so many pieces moving every day, so many variables. Um, we probably weren't the best cattle feeders we could be. And so uh, we always call it, Todd definitely calls it his come to Jesus moment. And uh, it's just that, that moment of saying, hey, are, are we cattle feeders? Or are we going to be brokers if we're going to get back to the roots of cattle feeding and really helping the cattle industry out? What do we have to do? Go out and do our homework, figure out the people who are winning and what are they doing different. And let's learn how to do it ourselves the same, if not better, and uh, share that with the rest of uh, the, the mid-market industry is what we call it. So this is a spinoff or a product of New Balance Commodities or it became from New Balance Commodities? So I, you talking about Balance Forward? Yeah. I would say it was uh, more of just a, a shift. I guess I don't know if I'd call it a spinoff. New Balance Commodities was really a spinoff of the feed yard, and I think we're back to our roots now. We're, a, we're balanced forward feeders first. That's what we do best. Um, we believe we have to set the gold standard in, in profit per head, not feeding more cattle, uh, higher volume, but making more profit per head. And if we can set that standard and get the right people again uh, around us, the right tools around us, and the right people to identify those tools that we need, then um, 
you know, without, we can we can take that to our our clientele and make them more successful. So it sounds the, like what you guys always preach about is having an advisory board. It sounds like someone if you're growing cattle, you want these guys on your board. Yeah, and I think that's why we've got them in here. We we've wanted to get experts. You know, that's always the job is to find companies that are doing it. You said the gold standard. You know. Mm-hmm. Find those that are doing it extremely well, so that way when our listeners go to reach out to somebody, the ones that possibly get exposed here, they're getting a resource that can help them really take care of that portion of their operation better. So we're specifically talking cattle feeding right now. So when we take the background that you just shared with us, and we want to put this into action right now, you guys have skin in the game, like you said. You're balance forward feeders first. What's one of the biggest lessons that you guys have learned that you're able to share with people when you're having conversations with them? What's something, Cameron, that, that you guys take pride in learning the hard way that you can now share with our listeners so they don't have to go through that pain? Um, just the fact that uh, a lot of guys, especially in the mid-market um, sector of this industry, um, are kind of out there on an island by themselves. And they're really unique on a way that they wear a lot of different hats every single day. Um, and they, they lack that peer group around them and that, that team of people that the bigger feed yards have that they pay millions to thousands of dollars to help them out. And I think we provide that to those guys from the perspective of, hey, we're doing this with you. We have skin in the game. There's opportunity in the market every day. You just might, based on what you're doing on a day-to-day, you might miss it. So um, if we can shed that um, knowledge and provide those uh, areas of opportunity that we need to go capture, um, that's where we really strive in helping guys out. So, Corey, he's, they both have now said mid-market. Yep. Do you know what mid-market is? I'm just assuming it's a medium-sized cattle operation. What do you guys mean when you say mid-market? Man, I'm really glad you asked that question because we would probably take that for granted, how much we use that in-house and uh, the way we define that. Uh, others may define it completely different, but um, I think mid-market to us is, you know, somebody who is uh, a family operation, size doesn't even necessarily matter, you know, but you you could talk anywhere from 200 head um, of a backgrounder or 200 head finisher up to, could be 40,000 head, so size isn't really the factor, it's do their vision and values align with ours, which we're not, we're not a corporate feeder, um, not sitting here trying to knock any corporate feeders, but there's a lot of guys out there who are either first generation or fifth generation tied to a family farm. And this is their livelihood and, you know, kind of in their blood, what they were born to do. Those are the kind of people that, like I said, especially if their values and vision lines with ours, uh, those are the people we want to help and help strengthen that industry. Because I was thinking mid-market as being, you know, you didn't have the calf, you bought the calf. Ah, and then you're not the packer. You're, you're like midlife. I was thinking, yeah, kind of like, like your uh, midlife mm. crisis, right? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, is it that these larger? What? It, what? It, so you say mid market? Would it be top market? Is is do they have like a advantage? Is it the vertical integration? Is it the big four? They just can't compete. Is that why mid market can't compete? I don't know that I'd say they can't compete. I would say it's just a different world. So you, uh, my personal opinion, um, that when cattle's in fewer people's hands, I think we all, that we, we lose in yeah. that situation. So it's about, man, how do we not feed like them? They have a way they do it. It works. 
and they're necessary, yep. the inter- vertically integrated folks. And the reason they lose is because they can control the price from everything from the cattle to the grocery store, right? Most of the time. Yep. And uh, you know what? Honestly, there's other opinions out there on how much they really can control, and I won't get into that. What I know is the mid-market cattlemen, uh, the people that we work with every day, you know, we're not factory farms. So just increasing volume and just trying to knock out 20 bucks a head, that doesn't work for a guy who has limited space or resources or, or uh, limited income to go feed just more and more and more all the time and, and try to just capture those small margins. What we've discovered in doing our homework is the, the way we trade, we call it trend trading, that, you know, that there is quite a bit of profit available per head. It's just a matter of timing and choosing when to go long and short corn, cattle, and feed to start capturing that profit. All right, you hit something really high level, and our listeners are going to want to know. Trend trading. Yes. And then you said corn, cattle, feed. What, when you start working with a client, one of our listeners wants to know right now, what's the first piece that you work on? Is it trend trading? Do you try to help them with, I'm going to say, playing the board? You know, what, what is trend trading? Yeah, so trend trading itself is, is a pretty, pretty complex uh, I, I would say it's it's pretty lengthy and hard to explain uh, initially, but there's three components that we that we strive to to connect with people on, and it's trade trading. Trend trading's got three components, so that's that starts with let's set targets, let's go out there, um, let's say okay, how much do we want to make per head this year? Um, we've seen time and time again guys going and saying, hey, I just want to make more than I did last year, um, and that's just not a sustainable goal. So if we set a target and say, hey, I want to make 100 bucks on per head this year on a calf fed, let's go that, that route and let's, plan, let's put a plan in place of how are we going to get there. So if we do that, um, then the next thing that we talk about is, is proactivity. So how can we set ourselves up through the year to make that $100 per head? Um, there's a lot of different things we look at. We look at the 10-year cattle cycle. We look at shapes more instead of prices. Um, what's the shape of the market going to be? Is it going to be a seasonal year? Is it going to be an irregular year? Um, when is the low going to come? Where can we put that length in? Um, where's the top side going to come? Where's the boom and the bust? Um, and then identifying that and working back and, and staying to a plan and implementing a plan um, based off of that. And the last one is uh, discipline. And we feel like that is the number one thing that guys have to stick to within trade trend trading. Um, there's a lot of noise, as you guys know, every day, whether that be in the markets, whether that be on social media, whether that be listening to podcasts, right, um, of saying, hey, the market's going to do this. Um, we believe if we stick to our fundamentals and, and stay disciplined, we can hit those targets every year. Um, we really believe in looking out in 18-month windows. Um, if we can own the position of that calf, um, or that animal longer, um, the way the market adjusts, we can adapt to that better. So if uh, the pen goes empty, um, there's not much opportunity of filling it right back up. We can't manipulate that price. So let's go forward out and think forward um, on how we can better place ourselves in the best position. So I think that was pretty big, Corey, that we now just had a three- breakdowns of a lot of things that we can also compare to the conversations we've had on the grain marketing side. You know, we're all trying to manage break-evens and that's the target here is we want to treat cattle 
like the profit-generating commodity that they are and run it like a business. It's no longer just a stick your finger in the wind, I'm going to take them to this sale, this auction, and hope that they bring the right kind of money, Corey. We, we need to start finding a partner for our advisory team, could be balanced forward, that can help you do this. And it sounds like trend trading is a way to stretch the length of time you have to sell that asset or at least make a margin on it. So are you guys a brokerage as well or just advisor for just, this stuff? Just advisor. Yep. 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 Just, uh, I, I don't want to come across negative there. Like we're against brokers. We absolutely use them. We have some we recommend, but yep. it's, it's like, man, let's, let's eliminate any sort of thought that, we're trying to nickel and dime folks or make these trades because, you know, we're catching a little bit of commission on it. That's, we just feel that's not the healthiest way to do it. That, that could change in the future as we grow in advance. But today, man, it's, we're showing you, we're very, very transparent. We, I talked about being the gold standard and, um, as, as our internal cattle company and, and the way we feed cattle and the guys that sign on with us and as cattle business systems, um, they we're, we're pretty transparent in what we do. We try to help eliminate the noise in the market, try to help them see the next, as Cameron said, the next 18 months. When's the time to act? Again, we call it when, when to go long or short corn, cattle, and feed. And, uh, you know, if, if we just do that and do that really well, I, th- I hope they see us more as uh, somebody in their inner circle or somebody as part of their table right. versus somebody who's trying to nickel and dime. So when you guys meet a new listener, one of ours gives you a call. <laughs> What would you say is the most common thing that you see when you take a client on? Are we talking about issues with the genetics of the cattle they're buying? Are we talking issues on where they're sourcing their feed? Or do you think the number one issue is in how they market their product? What are you guys seeing? Yeah, I would say the the marketing standpoint, and especially with a lot of clients that we deal are with farmer feeders. Um, it feels like constantly they have this battle in between them of like, okay, corn's really high. My cattle aren't going to be worth anything. So how do we separate those two businesses and say, let's go maximize both? Think of two different things of, okay, this is this decision I'm going to make on the farm side. But now with that, I got to make a corresponding decision as a feeder. So that's one thing we do with our clients is we, we have a grain program of where we look at, okay, let's go sell our corn, but then let's go buy it back in as a feeder. And necessarily time of years, that doesn't always work out, um, but we're really unique in the, in the aspect of how we can go about doing that and showing them, okay, this is the standpoint and this is the prices we have to lock in. Do we look at the futures market on pricing or do we, um, do we wait it out? and waiting for the market to get more in our favor. So um, I would say number one thing would be marketing. Um, everybody struggles with it. And even guys who who, who do do a good job, um, they do think that, hey, I, I could probably be a little bit better at this too. Yeah, Corey, how many people do you know? Because I know I've got a, a, a plenty, plenty long list of guys that will chop their corn silage or will just take corn out of the bin to feed to their cattle. It's not, you know, they aren't buying and selling that corn crop and yeah. and separating those businesses most i do know don't want to have to buy it back that's the point of growing it but but if you think, think about that if you yeah. could sell it for six bucks and you could buy it back at 550 Makes you just sense. added profitability to your farm mm-hmm. absolutely and it never has to leave your farm with certain programs it's not like you send it to town then you go 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 got to go back and pick it up it literally stays on your place it stays in your bin or in your silage pile you can get a check written to you 
for a portion of it, not all of it, but a good chunk of it to free up cash flow. And yeah, you, you try to play the seasonality of the market, obviously sell your corn on the, the farmer side of things. You want to sell your corn when it's high. What you mentioned, you know, guys feeding it to their cattle, we just call it walking your corn off the farm. Yeah. They see the value through their cattle. Well, it's still going to be that way, but imagine capturing the most value on your farming side, your corn selling side, and buying it back at a better value on your feeder side. Yeah. In all yeah. reality, it's two separate businesses. Two separate yep. entities, yes, yeah. sir. Well, I think that's that might be one of the biggest takeaways that our listeners have is if they aren't, if they currently are walking it off the farm mm-hmm. and they aren't doing this, that's something you can do of any size, whether you're running 20 head of fat cattle or you're running 200,000 head of fat cattle. That's right. That's something that you can do because the contract sizes can vary, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So what else when you're meeting a new customer? Obviously, marketing is usually one of the biggest focuses. It's probably something they're going to be the most unsure about. But what have you noticed on the feed side of things? Is there a common ingredient that you can introduce somebody to? Is there a common practice or, or an efficiency measure that you guys see as being industry leading? I want to ask it a little bit different way. Is okay. there one free tip or teaser that you guys can say here? I like that. That you could give our listeners and give them a taste, and then maybe they come back for more. What would help them? What's one thing that could help them more profit per head? I don't say just sell higher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would just look at, if we're talking about feed, uh, I go back to the opportunity and the trend trading. Even though we do trend trading a lot on our cattle business system side, we do it a lot on the feed side too of um, let's take a look at where feed's at relative value to corn, and maybe we step in some length there. Um, we just we know as a company we have a team of resources around that can help with that, and uh, yeah, I would say having guys look at saying okay, even though it's it's seasonality, this is a pretty good price. It's like let's go if it is a good price, let's lay in some length so we don't have to worry about it. We also know that if you're doing a, a million other things a, a day, if you're comfortable about locking in a set price of uh, of feed, um, that's one less thing you have to worry about. So that would be the advantage on the feed side. Does that kind of answer your question there? I didn't think about that. If we're feeding gluten or distillers or getting some ethanol byproduct, as you kind of alluded to in your introduction, buying more than just a truckload at a time, Mm -hmm. contracting something a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's something that you guys can help with? Yeah. I mean, we have a a group of uh, merchandisers in-house that, you know, deal with ethanol plants all the way around Iowa into Nebraska and um, we set up the freight and everything as as that so essentially all you have to do is make one phone call and that's that's really what we want to do here at Balance Forward Um, we want to show people that hey you only have to make one phone call you don't have to say okay they're they're telling me that there's an opportunity here let me go call my feed guy and let me go call my broker too the convenience factor and the uniqueness about the mid-market guy keeps saying it is they do a lot of stuff during the day. So how can we make their life easier, essentially? So you're the one-stop shop for feed, any inputs that go in and any sales that go out. Yeah. yeah. Try we, to be. Try to be, yes. We can't let them slide away, though. We want two tips of the day. Oh, yeah. And Wade sat there quietly <laughs> while Cameron gave his answer. So what else? When, you, when you're approaching a new client, somebody that learned about you for the first time, and you want to wow them with some extra value... Where's something, maybe it's not the advice, but where should someone look who's listening for more profit? We talked marketing, we talked length and contracts on the feed side. I'd say we're 
not just starting, but it's, it is one of the newer segments of, of our business, but it's one that's going to be uh, very, very vital uh, going forward for us. Um, but we, we just come across enough people that sourcing cattle is an issue. And that's not a knock on sale barns. That's not a knock on people who go direct to farms. But when guys are dealing in, in you know, pretty sizable quantities, um, sourcing those cattle can be challenging. Um, so balance forward feeders, we have, we have a segment of that piece of our business that that is, uh, you know, their sole purpose is to go out and find where is the good buy. You know, sometimes, you know, Kentucky might be, even after the freight, bringing up to Iowa might be the better buy. And then there's other years where you can go out to Bassett, Nebraska, and buy the best of the best, and they deliver in for the same prices at Kentucky. It's, it's having our team of people understand not just our local sale barns in southwest Iowa, but understand sale barns all across the upper Midwest and, and down into Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, all those places. Like, there's value down there. We found tons of value in Oklahoma. A lot of our guys maybe don't know about that. They just source cattle locally because that's how you do it. Um, I find a lot of guys questioning when we show up at their place. is like, man, I just don't understand how these people go to the sale barn and make these prices work. Well, those people that are paying those prices, for one, they've probably done some forward trend trading, uh, their own version of it. Um, but they've, they've made some profit on those cattle probably before they ever go to the sale barn or they're betting on the come. That can be a pretty dangerous game to play, betting on the come, but uh, sometimes I guess some people probably feel like that's unavoidable too. You just got to go own the cattle and hopefully the, the market goes up and meets you. But yeah. uh, it, it just becomes a heck of a lot easier when you know you're getting good, good cattle sourced in for, for the best value for the region. I would say the conversations that I get to have in that industry is is a lot of the three things that we just hit. And I'm hoping that our listeners are finding value in this because cattle feeding doesn't have to be wild and, and unmanageable to where you're at the mercy of, crap, I either made a lot of money or lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We can run this like a business, run it like an investment. And it would be key because I know a ton of producers that just end up with that crap group of cattle. You just took somebody's word for it or you went and just you know got a call from the sale barn they weren't getting bids you put the bid in and they just showed up junk or you're fighting sickness or whatever it is and there's producers i know that get envious of having oh i always buy mine off this ranch in west virginia you know the direct pedigree you know what what's coming in so that's another good piece of value now i think Corey, the biggest thing so far that i've pulled away is you just got to put effort into it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like our listeners have any issue raising the calf. They have got that figured out. They've got the process in place. They're feeding the cattle. It doesn't sound like those are the first things we should worry about. It sounds like we need to pay attention to the break-even side. Yeah. I, I'm excited about it. I keep writing more questions down as we go through. I used to have, you know, 10 head growing up in FFA. I loved growing cattle. It's never really been in my family's background. You keep saying mid market. It's like someone that's already producing. I'm thinking if I'm a new cattle producer or I want to look into it, these are the guys that I want to call. I want to call balance forward because you guys know everything already and who I need to go to. Yeah. If you've got the feed, if you've got the facilities and want to get into it, or, or even if I don't have the feed or the facilities, I just want to, you know, look, 
want to do cattle as a business, or maybe you guys would advise against it. I don't know. <laughs> no, we, we definitely would not. Yeah. I'm telling you, um, it's not a mandatory thing when you come to work at Balance Forward. We got a good number of employees now, and uh, I, I don't know a firm number, but definitely over half feed cattle because it's who we are. It's in our blood. It makes yep. going to work every day easy and and fun because you're literally working with the people that you know. I call them salt of the earth, the people I want to be working with. I want to try to help these people. You know, whether it's the the things that you've mentioned, uh, buying a good break, even knowing when to do that. I mean, we have multiple other love levers that we can pull as a company. And uh, it's just about going and, and starting that relationship and digging a little bit deeper. Okay, we've we've got a plan now on the marketing with each client. You know, you start, okay, now we've got your marketing plan going. Okay, now we've got your sourcing your cattle thing going. It's digging to that next level. Say, what else is there? We have so many levers we can pull. Is it on the nutrition side? Is it on the, um, uh, we call it operational solutions, where maybe a guy is seeing some sort of sickness time and time again. We've, we've had that very specific example where a gentleman was had his death loss was through the roof, and it was almost, I mean, I, it was going to be very, very hard to be profitable. So it's like, man, if, if we can just go find the right people to go help him, give him the right advice to, to knock his death loss down, all of a sudden you know, this becomes a, a very valuable or very worthy program for him. It is. This is, yeah. it, it sounds like locking in a trusted advisor, but it's a team. I mean, I'm sure there's other companies, there's other people that do this, but the reason for this episode is we wanted to provide education, opportunity for someone who's got cattle. We had a dairy producer write in saying he wanted to know what it would take to get into raising fat cattle, you know, dairy business wasn't doing so great or, or the family was going away from that labor intensive side of the business. We've also had young farmers write in and say, well, I don't know how to get started. sounds like we might've provided a little bit of an option or at least someone to start a conversation with. And going back to the new producer side of things that diversification is kind of what we preach, right? You know, commodities or grain farming right now is might be great, but we know it's not going to stay there. Mm -hmm. You know, when, Back in the day growing up, they always said, you know, the hogs paid the mortgage, you know, type of deal. So yep. being diversified, so when one thing goes down, you can lean on the other um, would be big. So what's what's in the future? Do you guys Are you guys just going to continue to focus on cattle, or is there any other livestock you might incorporate, or are those too far gone into the vertical integration of, of things? So I'm a hog guy, so that's why yeah. i got to ask that question. It's funny you ask that because a lot of what we learned came from the hog industry. When I say we went out and did our homework, is that come to Jesus moment was like, okay, man, if we're going to be a cattle feeding company, let's go find the top 20 best, the wealth earners. What are they doing different? Well, they all this team of financial advisors or not even financial advisors. That was the wrong word, but a group of advisors because in the ag industry, whether it's corn, cattle, goats, doesn't matter. There's a lot of noise in the market. You turn on the radio, you look at Twitter. I mean, there's opinions and noise coming from every, everywhere. And, and honestly, listening to that noise can sway your plan that you originally had in place. So if you can eliminate a lot of these factors, eliminate a lot of these variables, um, like you keep bringing up a new guy starting, like we, we absolutely think that can be done. I, I'm a literally a, an example of, I don't know when it was, three or four years ago, didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I went and bought a feedlot and started farming because it's, I was hanging out with people who were doing it every day, watching it happen, and I just, man, I wanted to be a part of it and 
get my own hands dirty a, a few times. And I thought, man, what better way to learn and connect with my clients? Because at the end of the day, it's all about making your clients better. So when I like that, we've got a lot of listeners that might be row crop only and, and are looking for ways to diversify or just earn more wealth. And this is one way that they could do that by, you know, you hate to say it, the, the wick of a pen, but it can all be done that way with the right advisory team and put it together. So before, without going and getting more ground, right? Like, you know, they're looking, cause that's the hardest thing to find. Yep. Absolutely. So before we jump into our payoff question, which is what's the best advice you've ever been given? Why don't you tell our listeners kind of what, what's the best way to reach out to you and kind of give them a call to action. We appreciate you guys spending your time here. We want to reward you that if someone is curious about jumping into this, we want them to reach out to you first and try that. So what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? And what does that first meeting look like? Yeah, if they just want an overview of looking at the company, we do have a website, balanceforward.com, that that dives into a lot of stuff we do, whether that be on the marketing side, feed side, um, um, our custom solution side, financial side, whatever. You can find that on the website. I can leave my phone number with you guys. Uh, my name is Cameron Ekman, like I said. Um, we got an email. Uh, I can leave my email, and we can get that to you, too. And, and just reach out. if you, uh, you know, We do a lot of different meetings where we would actually come out onto your place and uh, visit you and, and just talk. Um, you know, we, if, if you're not a fit for our, our feed side, maybe you want more information on the marketing side. We, uh, we have uh, different... Cattle, we call them cattle business managers that go out and, and, and talk with guys so we could set up a meeting like that as well um, and, and just get to know you better and, and, and talk about what, what you're looking to improve on. Is, is this a cost per head or a flat cost or how does your services work for that? So, I mean, on, on our uh, marketing side, our cattle business side, it's just a monthly fee. There is no cost per head or, or margin base. Um, feed side it's just just a direct fee as well um we we just like direct and to the point um we think that's the that's the best way going about doing things and we we show if we uh if we break it down on cost per head we we can do that for you too um but it just a direct fee is is what we stick to there you go you know what it's going to be there's no no surprises nope wait you got anything you want to add to that yeah, I mean, honestly, it's. I, I feel like for these guys who are wrapped up in um, their own operations every day, and like Cameron mentioned this earlier, where they're wearing one of fifteen hats. One day they're the accountant, one day they're fixing fence, and one day they're the feed guy. It's they got a million and one things going on. It'd be pretty easy to just keep putting your head down and grinding. But if you give us half hour to an hour. And we're not going to come in hard push years, you know, we're making sure it's a fit for us too. Cause like I mentioned earlier, their values and their vision have to line up with us as well. So if you could find a half hour to just talk and find maybe a, a better solution to doing some of the things you're doing, um, in your own operation, maybe doing some of the things better, uh, we would love to start there and just be able to show you what we can do and, and see if there is a fit there. And if not, I mean, we're not going to be overly aggressive or overly pushy (laughs) yeah we don't we don't like to come in and change stuff guys are doing uh we realize especially in uh in this part of the world a lot of guys do a lot of stuff really great we just like to be an extra tool you can pull out um at any time um so if there are some stuff you are struggling on or or would like to improve or get better at that's just where we come in so nice well good i will jump into a summary for this Corey. going to I'm going to assign you the challenge today, Corey. 
Uh, and then you guys be thinking about the answer, best advice you've ever been given to wrap this show up. So we had Wade and Cameron here from Balance Forward. Remember, that's got the four in it. They're cool just like us here <laughs> at the podcast. They are here to help our listeners become winners if they aren't already and become the gold standard for cattle feeding. We look at all levels of the operation from the feed that goes into the animal, how we source that animal, and then what we do on the marketing side to make sure we ensure high levels of profitability. They talked about trend trading, which focuses on three key targets. They want to set a target first, be proactive in their marketing, and also have discipline. They want to establish a understanding so you know when to act their cattle business systems allows you to maximize both the ability to sell your corn crop and sell your cattle so you're not just walking your crop off the farm we can look at things such as length of contracts on the feed side we can look at ways that you're sourcing your cattle we can look at other calls to action to help you achieve higher levels of profitability the most important thing that they're able to provide is a team of experts. They're going to work with you to build a plan, whether it's on the marketing, the feeding, the sourcing, or any side of your cattle operation. They're going to help you drill down to what your target is and put that plan in place and ultimately not force you to act, but give you literally no excuse to not do what is right for your farm. So we're here, again, talking with Balance Forward, trying to tackle the topic of helping you be a more profitable cattle feeder or another way to diversify your operation. Yep. That's good. And I think my challenge would be is if you are a cattleman, cattle person right now, is to look at adding these guys to your advisory team. And if you're just looking at possibly don't have cattle, but looking at diversifying your farm, look at these guys because I'm thinking about it right now. If I'm going to go into something, I want someone on my team that, that knows the game. Yeah, I would agree. And if it's not something you've done before, you want to find trusted advisors to do it with. Yep. Good, good challenge. Gentlemen, before we send you off, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Cameron, you get to start. There's opportunity everywhere, um, every day. And just knowing when and how and where to look um, is the biggest thing. And, you know, being being a younger guy, I, uh, I struggle with that, thinking that I had all the answers. But, uh there is people who actually aren't just trying to make money off of you and are really trying to help you at the end of the day. So um, just just looking and asking for help is something that I've always valued, and um, I think as a company we can we can do that well for yeah. people as well. Wade? Man, I've heard a lot of good ones. I've had a lot of good coaches, and uh, some of them stick with me even <laughs> now that I'm an old man. But I think the one that uh, – I, I live by the most, maybe, or um, refer to the most as uh, that good enough is never good enough if you're capable of more. And that just means that, uh, you know, you can get comfortable, you can get lazy if you reach a certain status or you're, you know, maybe happy with where you're at. And uh, that's fine for a lot of people, but certain people are wired to keep going and figuring out how much better you can get, how much more you can get. And, uh, so yeah, if you're capable of more, it's not good enough. I like that. That was a good one to end on, Corey. And listeners, thank you for hanging out with us again on another Farm for Profit episode. If you've got topics or people to talk to, farmforprofitllc at gmail.com. But until next time, have a good one. Remember, if you aren't farming for profit, you won't be farming for long.
after show bonus where the cattle market's going. <laughs> Boom, we're going to get, we, got, we still got the mics on for this. Uh, you want me to shut you, it off? No, hell, I don't care. For, for, that's the funny thing. People want to ask us that. Yeah. Uh, you you kind of brought this up a little bit when, uh, when you said, it's like, what's the first thing you do? You know, what, what our guys want us to do when they first sign up is like, okay, I got these 500 right here. What do I do? It's yeah. like, well, what have you done? It's like literally nothing. It's like, I can't tell you, neither can anyone else, is the market going up $10 or down $10 in the next month? Over the next 18 months, we have a really good idea where that trend's going. To capitalize on these cattle, we should have started thinking about it right. 18 months ago. So uh, in general, over the next 12 months anyway, we're going into what we consider a bull year. Uh, fundamentals line up. Um, cycles line up. Cycles line up. Uh, we, we as a company are calling 2023 a bull year um, this year. So what we're doing to take early action is owning cattle right now and over the last couple months where it maybe didn't feel so good. People are looking at the prices that they're bringing like, you know, compared to the last three years, that's pretty steep. We're looking out what we're going to sell them for in a year and uh, pretty confident in, in the direction of market. 